Hello and welcome to the Intentional Clinician Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Krauss, Licensed Professional Counselor. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to the amazing humans behind AM Yoga Studio in Grand Rapids, Michigan. AM Yoga Studio is a really cool yoga studio that focuses on the whole person and uses asana practices and meditation and breath work and pranayama and just basically yoga to help people with stress and to help live a happier and healthier life. They even have programs for kids, which is really cool. And what we're going to talk to them about today is the intersection between yoga and your mental health and wellness. So I really think you're going to love this interview. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with people you know. I would surely appreciate it. All right, welcome to The Intentional Clinician, and I have Ashley Yost, Molly Jane, and Margie Munoz here at Am Yoga's studio, and... Uh, I'm excited to talk about the bridge of mental health and wellness and how there's a crossover with getting involved with a yoga practice or a breathing practice or meditation practice as well. So I'm bringing in uh, Ashley and Molly and Margie to talk about their experiences uh, with running the yoga studio, but also practicing. So I was going to start with Ashley and ask you about... Um, how you got involved in yoga, and if you could tell us a little bit about that. Well, I started uh, many years ago, probably around 14 years ago, just straight out of curiosity because I heard it was good for you. Um, When I was in my first class, uh, I didn't like it at first because it hurt and my body was very tight, but at the end of the class, I felt the best I ever had in my life, Um, energetically, my mental space was good and my body felt great. And I just have been curious ever since. Like, what is that? And that's my main driver for going is just, I feel good. I like that. Um, and so that is also a little bit of the why. So if you do a yoga practice, you feel good. And with that, I guess the why into how, how do you feel like this could help other people? Well, I watch it help other people on the daily because I've been teaching for many years. But just in general, getting anybody to breathe and move their body is just good, period. So having a space for people to do that and watch and listen to their stories about how it benefits them, it's incredible. Excellent. So most of the listeners probably know what yoga is, but if you could tell me about maybe just a typical yoga class that you have here at M Yoga. Uh, in Grand Rapids and just kind of like how, what, what happens during one of these classes? Well, most people think yoga is just stretching, um, but it's much more than that. It starts that way. It starts physical. Most people come originally like to become more flexible and stronger. But in our typical classes, it, that happens. We breathe, we move, and then over time, people start to feel, they sleep better, they feel better, um, so just in the studio, they literally we set out mats, they come, they breathe, they move, we tell them what to do, essentially, um, but they're free to do what they can as they need, and then they leave here feeling better. Did that answer? <laughs> yes, that's a good answer, and I can add into that um, before I ask uh, everyone else about their experiences was I actually just took a class about 45 minutes ago, mm-hmm. and it was my first class at this studio. And I felt really good in the class. I was a little worried because it said power in front of the name. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, but this is the only class I can go to today. So You actually said, put me in the back. I said, exactly. I did say, put me in the back because I was afraid I was going to like keel over or, you know, make a spectacle of myself. But actually I had been exercising in other ways, but I noticed that I was able to kind of go at my own pace where some other people in front were like levitating and kind of like doing one arm <laughs> stands and whatnot. But I was able to go at my own pace and I felt really good. And it was interesting because I'd been doing strength workouts that I was able to kind of do some of the things that were looking like strength movements. But the worst part for me was actually the easier quote unquote stuff that was like the stretching. And I noticed that I was um, very 
tense, but I felt wonderful afterwards, especially when you moved us into the last pose, the last couple of poses where we kind of like laid down and breathed and focused on being present. And I felt much less distracted. And I had earlier in the day, I had had a busy morning and I was running around, literally running around my house and my dog was doing things and I was talking um, to my partner. And then then I got here and I'm like, okay, now I feel a lot better after this class. But when I first started, I was feeling very squirrely. I was thinking about 50 different things. So I was, I just witnessed it. So as a, as a uh, testimony to the class, it was great. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Molly kind of the same question I asked you, Ashley, which was, um, you know, how did you get involved in yoga? And um, what was that like for you? Well, I actually, um, my first yoga class um, was to get people to shut up about yoga. Um, So I just finally gave in and said, fine, I'll come to a yoga class. I had had a accident where I injured my back and I had a few bulging discs. And so I had spent a few years, um, well, probably like a year trying after my body had healed, trying to get it back to where it was. So I was doing um, I have a background in natural health, so I was doing like chiropractic and a few different modalities to try to help it, and I just wasn't getting back to normal. And so everybody kept telling me to try yoga. And so to get them to shut up, I went to a yoga class because I really didn't think it would work. Um, and I, my first class was a power class as well. And after I was done with the class, well, during the class, I was like, there's something to this. I could feel it. And that comes partly from my background in natural health. I knew that there was some connection going on. And then after the class, I was like, oh, I'm going to teach this. And so um, for me, it was pretty instant. But I say that with the background that I had. So I started for physical. When I was in my first class, I felt that there was a connection to something bigger. And it did help me heal my back. And it did help me connect to something bigger. (laughs) Okay, excellent. So um, that's an interesting point. I wanted two points I wanted to kind of ask you a little bit more about, which was um, we live in the country of unnecessary back surgeries and knee surgeries, uh, and there's literature out there in the medical field about that, although it's not as popular, um, but you can find it on PubMed. But with your back injury, can you explain a little bit about, you know, maybe a little bit about what the injury had done to you and then how the progress went? Yeah. So um, I was heavy into uh, lifting and running. And so I really think that I was setting my body up to be injured. I was losing mobility and flexibility through those two forms of working out. And so what actually happened is I was moving and um, my king size headboard that was solid oak Uh, landed on me and folded me in half. And then the next day I went down for a squat. It was my first squat and um, I couldn't get back up. And so I went through PT, OT, a couple rounds. Um, I had a back brace, et cetera. And so I, on the medical scale, I was, they were said, okay, you're good. But I could feel in my body that I wasn't, it wasn't okay. And I think like what it, like I'd said, it, it came from already an inflexible, immobile body. <laughs> and so then through the, through the accident, I was able to see like, oh, I actually need to bring some more flexibility in. And so what I learned is from opening up my feet, from opening up my hips, from asking my body to actually go into backbends, which I had never been able to do even when I was a young kid, um, I was bringing the flexibility back in that was bringing that health back into my body. So even though I was doing chiropractic and even though I was doing these things, um, ultimately I wasn't using my body as a whole to heal my back. And so Ashley was one of the ones that actually was part of that journey with me. And she got me on tennis balls on my feet. She got me in hip poses like pigeons and stuff to open up that. And eventually it all led to probably what I can say now is an even healthier back than, than was before. Excellent. So it sounds like one of the things I'm kind of gathering uh, in your talk is that there were certain parts of your body that weren't used to stretching or bending in a certain way or muscles that maybe were underdeveloped while other muscles were overdeveloped. Totally. And so through the yoga, you found that you were able to strengthen some of those underdeveloped areas. Yeah. And then, so now the, how's the back pain sounds like. 
It's good. It's good. I mean, I think what people forget, and especially in the medical world, is the medical world looks at the body as a part. So the people who was who were talking to me about my back were looking at my back. They weren't looking at my feet. And so if your feet are tight, then your calves are tight, then your hamstrings are tight, which then pulls on your sacrum, which is tight. And so what yoga helps to do is see your body as as a whole and work on it all so instead of just going to the chiropractor working on my back great or going to the doctors and the pt and they're teaching me movements that were good um, but ultimately what the yoga was doing it was, was bringing it bringing it all together awesome and so now you are a teacher of yoga as well correct awesome um okay cool i want to ask margie the same question uh which is how did you get involved in yoga and uh, how did that go for you? Yeah, so I actually got involved in yoga in a gym class at my high school. It was called Lifelong Fitness. <laughs> and we cool. did like... It worked. It, <laughs> so I committed. Um, we would do yoga and there was like dance and other things. But um, that's kind of when I started to really understand the flow and the poses and the way that it was just so like integrating all of my body parts um and what it meant to like stay still and what it meant to like focus on one moment um and I that was like senior year of high school or something and I kind of left that behind and junior year of college I met these two um at a different studio and at that point I was really struggling with a lot of anxiety and what the practice was able to do for me was forced me to focus in that moment and as I was moving and as I was breathing and more importantly like with other people in the studio like that that unity and that cohesive cohesiveness um was essential to like who I became and now I just do it every day for a very long time (laughs) (laughs) awesome and you are also a yoga teacher now I am so I fell in love with the practice so much that in 2019 I spent 200 hours with Ashley and Molly and now I teach yeah sometimes very cool um so that does bring us to a bit of a segue because we've been talking about the physical but now Margie just kind of brought up the mental health component and so I'll say a little bit about this um and then I want to have everyone else's opinion on this or story so I went through uh some traumatic situations with my personal life I think it was probably 08 09 and I ended up just starting to go to a yoga studio because I had a little extra time after work um, where I was living in Phoenix at the time and I went there because my back hurt and I was like feeling cramped up because I was typing um, 55 assessments a week or something crazy for for this place I was working and um, because of that my back's stopped hurting slowly, or at least I could notice when it was out or when it was too tight. And then, but over that time with the traumatic situations, I think I had, I didn't even understand that I was having anxiety because I was like, I'm in the mental health field. I don't have anxiety. I was kind of young at that time. And, um, and through the yoga, then I started feeling better and better. Like I remember seeing my friends after yoga class or maybe the next day and I'd be in this better mood and I would just like not be worrying and like, you know, looking for terrible emails or phone calls to come in from the situations that I was dealing with. Uh, I was in much more present, present in my life and people noticed it actually after about six months. And I, I think I did that for six, seven years straight. And during that time, uh, I noticed a big mental health component. So then they had meditation classes at this yoga studio and yoga nidra and some other s- sound things where you would lay down in yoga nidra poses and they'd play a bunch of noises on these uh, bowls and bells and whatnot. And that was even better because then I even felt more relaxed. Um, and it was, you know, it was difficult because when you're a professional in whatever career you're in in America, the, they, the profession usually demands more and more of you slowly and slowly and slowly, and it becomes more of your identity, and it becomes a more of a time suck. And so then I remember thinking, you know, I started working more because I had to at the t- Well, I had to. I thought I had to at the time, and that was my narrative. And so then I realized, okay, I got to get to yoga class. And I remember coming into yoga class, sometimes I'd be exhausted. And then the teacher just said, well, as long as you can get here, that's you've done yoga. As long as you can, like, lay here on your mat and just do 
anything like breathe, you're fine. So I was like, okay. So I kept coming and I noticed it was huge for me. And then the hardest part was as a clinician was actually asking my clients, Hey, have you talked to your, you know, I have to say this cause I don't have, it's not my scope of practice, but I can say, have you talked to your doctor about, could you go to yoga? Are you medically cleared to go to yoga? And a couple of them did. And they it like transformed their life and they're like, all right, peace out. Like I just need like counseling once a month now, you know, it was like done. But the, for the vast majority of people, they're like, no, I don't have time for that. I was like, well, what about this like YouTube thing where you like breathe and this like yoga teacher like helps you relax for 20 minutes? Like, no, I don't have time for that. And so I think that's, that's a tough component, but the mental health benefits of just one hour or even 25 minutes of a yoga or a breathing practice related to yoga, I think are tremendous. There's a bunch of, of course, there's hundreds of studies on mindfulness meditation which is just breathing and focusing on your breath, the basic one, that show mental health benefits for anxiety and depression that's all over the internet and all over the medical journals. So if yoga is basically breathing, which you told me at the beginning of class, focus on your breathing the whole time, breathe in this way, breathe out this way, and then you just add some movements into that, it's kind of like a, a walking or, or moving mindfulness meditation. So um, I think that... You know, I'm not sure about all the studies on yoga, but I, I think if you can kind of, you know, roll that out in your mind, it's like mindfulness meditation plus moving, um, I think could only benefit people. So I wanted to hear a bit about uh, any sort of anecdotal mental health comments you had about people's stories or things you'd heard or something you'd experienced with like maybe people dealing with anxiety or depression or just like stress or trauma or something like that. Anybody? Yeah. Well, the majority of people that come here because they're human beings are just stressed in general. That's part of it. So a lot of times when we see them come in, they actually will, when they first get on their mat, you can kind of see their body fidgeting. Their eyeballs are looking around. They're all nervous. And then by the end of class, they can actually lay in Shavasana and be still. And so you can actually visually watch what happens. Um, the amount of stories, I mean, I can't see into people's heads, but from what they tell us and from my own experiences, we get tons of people that have anxiety. Like, I mean, I don't really know anybody who doesn't have a little bit of it, to be honest with you. And so to take the anxiety, which usually has a quicker breath rate, and ask them to slow it down and to slow down and be in their body, like feel your feet on the ground, that instantly just automatically slows it down. Um, and so what we hear all the time is that people are like, wow, like I feel so good. Even if they don't at first have the language of, wow, I was anxious and now I feel better. A lot of times they come at first with just, I feel so much better in my life. I can sleep better, even though I can see it in their physical body. And then over time, they'll come back and say like, wow, like my anxiety is way less. I'm not taking as many medications. Um, I feel better. I want to be around people again. I'm excited to show up to my life. And that is so powerful and it continues to show up and makes us want to continue to show up. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of our feedback is from what people tell us um, and then also what we watch just physically in the, in the room. It's, it's amazing. Excellent. Yes. And, and uh, I want to hear what Molly has to say about that as well. I actually was just curious. I cannot, I guess I don't have the observational skills. As a clinician, my observational skills are mostly on the mental health. So what people are telling me as well. But I guess it sounds like you've developed some skills to actually watch how people, their bodies look, which was really cool to me. I hadn't really considered that. Yeah, I think it's like anything else. The more bodies you you see, I mean, amount of years that we've been teaching, um, and you see kind of the patterns that that can develop um, as people continue to practice. Um, it's pretty incredible. And my own story is is what I was going to share real quick about my own anxiety. I used to have panic attacks um, again due to a traumatic event in my life, and um, I went to therapy for it. And um, I. Th- I thought, kind of very similar to my back, I thought I had it under control to a point where I was just going to live with panic attacks. And then um, once I found yoga and I was giving the tools to use when I was in those moments that triggered panic attacks, that's when I started to see um, even personally, like for me, the benefits, but the power of the practice. Because like the way um, I see it is that when I would go to therapy a lot or when I was in those moments more so that were triggering um, what would 
then turn out to be a panic attack. Um, it felt like everything was like shaken up, like I was in a closed container, and let's say there's like dirt in the bottom. And so for the most part, the container like looked like it was clear. So water, dirt, container, right? And so then I was walking around with this dirt in the bottom and for the most part, my water looked clear. But then when I was in those moments where I was triggered and it would like get shaken up and then this dirt, the water would get dirty and I'd go like, oh my God, what's going on? And I didn't have an outlet. And so what yoga gave me, it was like in that container, it gave me a drain where I was able to, I'm feeling this and I can use, whether it was a pose or a breath or my meditation, I could use that to actually step out of the moment. So I feel like for a lot of people, it's this tool that we're born with, breath. Mm -hmm. It's this body that we're born with, move it. And it's this the ability to learn how to, like Margie was saying, like some, the world around us takes away like how to be still and how to sit and how to be okay. And so yoga just puts back into you all of these things that you've been given and teaches you how to use them you know and so I think like ultimately whether people start for physical or not or whether they know like Ashley was saying like they're walking around this anxiety and they think this is the way it's just going to be um yoga brings us back into that balance excellent yes thank you for that oh I, Margie you have you want to say something I have yeah. something to say um I get to have the really cool opportunity to include yoga in the counseling work that I do. So I'm actually able to see the two different worlds as they come together. And specifically with children, it is super cool to see them come in really wired and to see them really like, kind of like what Molly was talking about, like that muddy water and them not knowing what to do with it. And really like as you start to work through these like breathing techniques with them, or as you start to get them moving, or you have them just like feel certain parts of their body, um, the more that they start to become connected to their body as like the vessel, um, rather than wherever their mind is at, wherever they are in the future or in the present, you start to see them subtle and you start to see them be able to open up more into what's actually going on. Um, and like they have to take care of less things that are out of their control, which is constantly what kids are using, I mean, dealing with. But it's wild to see that. It's wild to see people start to connect to their bodies and their breath in ways in which they start to feel more okay with being who they are in that moment um, rather than always trying to be somewhere else or doing something else or addressing a different moment in their life. Oh, that's a very good point. And something I was learning from, I think it was Bruce Perry's work, but also Dan Siegel's work, was about just how the nervous system, which is basically our brain that travels throughout our body, is can be activated in different ways. And everyone's probably heard about um, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, collapse, um, things like that. But And that's the things that happen when we're startled or we have a traumatic event or something scary happens and it's our body's natural defense mechanism to keep us alive. But one of the things that I think has been happening and over probably for the last couple hundred years since the industrial age is that our levels of basically quiet, still, non-stimulated activity has almost lost, we've almost lost touch of that unless you live somewhere out in the middle of uh, the country or the woods or something, because we live in the city here or even in the suburbs, people live in the suburbs and um, there's constantly light. So that's activating. We have devices we're looking at with light that's activating our nervous systems um, and telling it signals because it's not the sun or the moon. Um, street lights, we have noise. Uh, and we're constantly at a, a possibly our nervous system is being inundated by more and more stimuli. And especially it's been even accelerated since television and radio were invented. But now we have television and radios constantly in our pockets. And I was, I was out to a restaurant the other week and I saw this family. I think it was the grandparents and the kid. And the kid had his like iPad out and was like watching a movie with his like wireless headphones while eating food at like a restaurant and, and the grandparents were both like checking their stock portfolios or something I like I just kept looking over I couldn't stop looking I was like what is going on why are you why are you even at a restaurant why didn't you just like get something to go and I'm thinking about the level of like 
how, you know, we, we, uh, this is not a podcast about the internet, but how it can connect us. Yeah, we can call each other and talk about stuff when we're far away, but the, the level of disconnection, but then at the same time from other humans, but at the same time, because other humans can help you regulate or dysregulate depending on what's going on. But then the level of stimulation, I was thinking about that. I was like, we're constantly being stimulated by something and that energy has got to go somewhere and how, um, how much that can impact mental health. Cause what the big point is, is that one of the things that we know that is measurable is stress. Stress is the one thing that we can sort of measure. We can't really, it's hard to measure anxiety. It's all subjective. It's a subjective report. Are you anxious? Le- level of one to 10? Yes. No, we can t- take tests, but it varies by the day. It varies by, uh, the, the time. So with that, uh, stress can bring on, can move us because you said everyone's anxious. Everyone is anxious. Everyone is slightly depressed. Everyone has these symptoms. It's a matter of when they become a clinical issue in counseling that we work with people. But um, essentially, stress can trigger um, mental health to get worse or what we would call worse and more clinical. In a moment, in the flow, you can take that tool outside of the room and do that anywhere. So there's times when, for example, you're holding a really hard pose like an extended side angle where you've been flowing on one leg for who knows how many breaths and you've been on that side and it's starting to burn and you feel it in your glutes and everyone else around you is kind of struggling and you're all breathing together. And in that moment, you can make the choice to hold this pose and think about how much everything hurts and how much you want to get out of it and how much because you want the stimulation, you want to get distracted. You're like, I don't want, I don't want anything but to be in this moment. Or you allow yourself to stay in that moment and focus on your drishti, on where your eyes are, and focus on what you're feeling, and focus on your breath, and focus on being right here, right now. And you realize in that moment that an extended side angle is really just an extended side angle, and you can make it whatever you want to make it. And someone cutting you off in traffic is just someone trying to get to wherever they're going and you can make it whatever you want to make it but being present and in that moment just becomes less scary because it's actually okay and you actually like are capable of being there and reducing the noise and just like finding that stability yeah because the nervous system doesn't know that you're an extended side angle the nervous system just knows you're in an uncomfortable situation. And so same thing like Marjorie's saying, it could be an uncomfortable situation while you're driving, uncomfortable situation on your mat, uncomfortable situation in life. And so what you're training is the new neural pathways to how do I deal with this situation? And you do that repeatedly for an hour yoga class. And so people, I think that's what sometimes people miss. They think, oh, I come to this power class. These people want to do power yoga because we want like bigger biceps. We do. Or, you know, even like we want flexibility. We do. But ultimately, I would say that the people who are in the yoga practice for the longevity of it and have been doing it for years is because they start to see how it's impacting, like Margie was saying, how she's showing up um, in other areas of her life. I think that's very beneficial because one of the one of the uh, aspects of counseling that's become quite popular, well, actually, in many cognitive counseling uh, practices and mindfulness counseling practices is learning how to respond instead of react. Mm. And, and I think that is a great idea, logically, that if we could all just respond slowly and not react, that'd be awesome. But if your body is constantly keyed up due to stress, overstimulation, troubles in your own personal life that you haven't dealt with i think that it's kind of a fantasy to think that i can just respond and not react unless i'm doing something to learn to help my nervous system memorize a response instead of a reaction um so what that means is not that we wouldn't react to a trauma but we what we want to do is respond to a trigger not a, a reaction a trigger is of course something that reminds you of a trauma or reminds you of something that you don't like um and something, it, it might be completely unrelated to the conversation that you're having or the situation you're in, but somehow it reminds your brain of it. It's a signal because your mind, we, we make up meaning post-event. Um, and so your mind smells some smell and all of a sudden you're back when you're eight years old and locked outside your house and something bad happened. Um, and your nervous system goes right there to protect you immediately. And then later on you can go, oh, that's why I had a 
you know, panic attack or I freaked out or I felt depressed or something. Um, and so yoga is, I, I'm glad you brought that up. It's strengthening not only physically, but it's strengthening the neural pathways of having fluid movement, but also having the breath, which brings you more present. And if you're more present and you're not dissociated, which is a whole nother psychological concept, if you're less dissociated, because it's on a spectrum, most people are slightly dissociated from time to time. But when you see a lot of dissociation, then you see more mental health issues. Um, so if we're on the spectrum of dissociation and we're down to pretty as present as we can possibly get through a practice, it can help us figure out how to navigate our daily lives when we're not in the classroom. Um, wow, that's a, a lot of connection right there. And so the mental, this physical combination. And I do think, and that's the interesting thing, is that a lot of modalities out there, just exercise classes, breathing classes, they focus on one thing. And I think the breathing and the movement and the mental work is like a really interesting concept, like holistic. Um, so yeah, any more comments about that, the, the way it kind of comes together? Well, I think we're human beings, so we're gonna react. And from my own experience, from the tools of the practice, it's learning, learning the tools of how to respond and yet have my reaction time be smaller. So I might still be angry or pissed or whatever, but can I shorten that duration? So going back, like for myself, let's say extended side angle. When I first started practicing, I'd get in the pose, I'd hold it, and the entire time, I'm like, F this, F this, get me out of here, I can't do this, I'm tired, I'm sweating, oh my, like crazy in my mind. And that's all I could hear. After a few classes, like that would still happen, but for half the duration. Now it still happens for like five seconds. Some days, 15 seconds. But I've learned because I'm putting the tools into practice. Because here's the thing, you can read all the statistics and you can read a book about yoga and you can hear us talking about it. And it's my favorite part about all this is that I used to read the books and hear people talk about it. I'd be like, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I used to doubt it big time. And that's part of what the mind does. A human brain doubts things. It doubts things that are positive. And so it wasn't until I actually got on my mat. It's such an experience. And all this sounds like real, like, it's unbelievable. But seriously, from somebody who totally doubted it and started to get on my mat and see how I actually got practical tools that weren't just written down in a book or... Um, talked about in this like great light, like I was actually breathing and actually feeling my feet on the ground and actually setting my eyes and surrounding myself with other people, um, slowed that duration of my reaction time down. I still react, but it's way less. I don't even want to know who I would be without this practice, to be honest with you, because I used to be very reactionary. Um, but my response is better. I have tools now to actually manage that. And that's important. I think it's a shame if, if that's not shared. And I think it's super important for people to come and try it. And the hard part for us is getting them through. They get that first extended side angle and it's so chaotic at first that like sometimes people are like, yeah, no, like, that's not for me. But what I would say is, yes, it is. You just, you have to go through that process and learn the tools and actually get them ingrained as an experience that you actually do versus something that you read and sit here and listen to. Oh, I like that point. I'm very much into experiential counseling. And so I like that you made the distinction between intellectualizing about yoga and theorizing about it to actually just doing it and getting involved and having your own experience and making your own judgment post experience. Um, so it sounded like, or it looked like Margie wanted to say something about this. Well, I think that I just, I see the yoga studio as a space where you get kind of get to test all these things out and all your insecurities and all the, whatever you're handling, um, in a space where it's okay. So like, I think, I mean, there's such a big lesson in trying a pose and following or trying a pose and like seeing someone else doing an amazing job at it, quote unquote amazing, right? Cause like a pose is a pose is a pose. Um, but seeing them do that and understanding that regardless of whatever your pose looks like, you're all kind of in the same place. And then you fall out of a pose and you're like, wow, like my feet landed. And like, it actually doesn't really matter if I mess up. 
and then you go out into life and practice in life and you like make mistakes and you're like wow like it doesn't really matter that I make a mistake and I think that that practice that Ashley's talking about like when we actually get to like test these things out in spaces where there's low risk um, you start to build that confidence and that ability and awareness that like you can actually do that everywhere else in life well, yeah, and I wanted to just comment on that, and then uh, it looks like Ashley has a comment too. But the one thing I noticed yeah. was was that unlike so, if you've ever been to a regular gym, people like look around at the people in the gym, and I don't I don't really participate in that so much because I'm really old. But um, you know, there's sort of this like contest of like people like especially guys were like lifting like more and more weight, you know, and, and I'm not saying that maybe every guy's doing this, but you can see it if you go to the gym. And, and what I noticed in the yoga class today, even though I was kind of like, OK, I need to go in the back because I, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be that flexible. I don't want to like fall over in the front of the classroom for my own embarrassment. But I, I somebody like dropped their water bottle. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny because, like, I feel like at the gym, everyone would be like, oh, my God, who dropped the water bottle? Like, what's going on over there? What, clumsy fingers or whatever. And it's like this judgment or maybe just a, or, or maybe just, you know, passive look. Right. But in the yoga studio, it was kind of like we dropped the water bottle. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like it kind of like people like kind of made it into this <laughs> yes. like kind of joke. <laughs> like, true. like we're all in this together. We're all like we're all a community. And I'm like, I don't even know who these people are, but I feel like they're not judging me. Mm-hmm. And like no one looked at me, which was like, no, I could see no one staring at me or anything weird. And they didn't even know who I was because you know, it's like it's the new person. Right. Well, I didn't get any of that. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a guy here just, you know, doing yoga, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's something about this community aspect of having a place because what I you didn't tell me what your values were or whatever I don't see it on any plaque in here maybe I see breathe in and breathe out written on the wall and stuff like that (laughs) but that's all all we got (laughs) but I noticed that there was like this like already like unwritten rule of like acceptance Mm -hmm. of who people are or were and that was just sort of built in uh to the class that I just it was like an undertone that I sort of noticed so yeah that was something I wanted to say and what what were you going to say oh okay so I have more questions. All right. Here's my questions now. We're in Am Yoga on the west side of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we're in this cool space, and I just want to know about it. Like, what's up with this place? Why did you make it? When did you make it? Um, well, I know kind of why, because you're both into yoga, but, like, you know, like, tell me about Am Yoga. Like, what is up with this place, and how do we get? How do people get involved? First of all, Am stands for I Am, not Ashley and Molly, which a lot of people think... <laughs> We are that into ourselves that we named our yoga studio (laughs) Ashley Molly. But um, speaking of community, it was a great segue and you don't even know it. Um, Me and Ashley taught at another studio in town and we saw that it was limiting some of the community of people that were able to flow because of what was um, just the style of the yoga. And so we were seeing that it lacked kids, it lacked older people in the community and or people who maybe needed um, not to come into a very hot room. And so um, we weren't able to pursue um, helping those people while working at that studio, so we left. And um, we never planned on leaving. And after we left, I looked at Ashley and she looked at me and I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And she's like, we're going to teach. And she's like, I always teach on Monday. So we're going to teach on Monday. And I think it was a Friday or Saturday that we left. And so we had a day or two to pull it together. And she um, had a large enough space in her house that fit about 20 people. Um, And we just put it up and said, we're going to teach. And that was in November of 2014. And um, we then just started teaching that way. And on the first January 1st of 2015, we threw up a class and we said, we're not only going to teach, but we're going to ask people to practice every day. And we started a program called AM365, which is why you see over there every day. Um, And we said, if you're going to do yoga, why not do it every stinking day? And we thought maybe 10 people would sign up for this program. And as people started signing up for the class, we realized very quickly that the class was going to overflow from the room that we were at Ashley's into the kitchen, into her living room, into her dining room. And we're like, are we going to put people outside? Like, how are we going to do this? Like so many people were um, signing up and somebody who practiced with us had um, accessibility to the 12th floor on the Varnum building, which is downtown here and said practice there. And so we went up there, opened up 
the class and literally like what like uh, elevators just kept opening just, people just kept coming out and so we then were like okay I guess we're on to something so then for about the next year we taught donation-based classes all over Grand Rapids because we didn't have this space um, and then we found this space and about a year after leaving um, a year and a half after leaving we opened up this space and our commitment to having this practice be accessible to everybody is basically the foundation here whether that's financial or um, through movement and due to COVID unfortunately like we ha we do have kids classes and we had veterans classes and we had what we called golden classes which were um, more of like a slow um, class that was created for Ashley's grandma um, and then came into the studio um, because of COVID those aren't around right now but ultimately that's that's what we base our whole practice on is let's do it every day and let's make it accessible for everybody because everybody who is alive is breathing. So we can do something with you. We can help you breathe. We can teach you the practice of meditation of breath and we can help you move. So we've been here about five and a half years and here we are. Oh, that's a very inspiring story of how you started this space and how it came to be. Thanks, Thanks. for sharing that. We, no, thank you. And it's literally only because we had a yoga practice. Yeah, I mean, the coolest part about this entire space and this entire practice is that we're not just yogis in a space. We are yogis that are in the community. And in this space at AM, we have a community that's made up of literally every single profession and every single field. We have doctors, we have property managers, we have teachers, we have a ton of teachers, which is amazing because they teach kids yoga and how to breathe. Um, we have counselors and we all get to come here and practice this thing and devote our time and attention to focus on ourselves and our breath and our movement and each other. And then we get to go out there and live yoga. Because yoga isn't just the practice. Like, yoga is the union, right? Um, so it's values, it's morals, and it's, it's a way of existing. And if all of us go out there and do that in all our fields, I mean, that's the real impact. And that is the ripple effect or the yoga effect or whatever you want to call it for our community, which I think sorely needs it as you might have read in the news. If you read the news or hopefully you don't read too much news, but essentially we're in a mental health epidemic, which was started. It definitely started about 10 to 15 years ago, but it's just been accelerated since the COVID-19 and different social and political unrest. And people are more and more, and of course, economic instability, people are more and more reaching out for mental health services uh, in our field, in the counseling field. So I think yoga is a really awesome preventative way that people can get help before things get bad um, that is non-medical and non-intrusive. But also, like Margie just said, like it it can be a way of living because your your nervous system is regulated and then you're going out there and people around you can notice that. And I think you can notice that if you pay attention. So, so let's let's talk about anyone within thirty or forty miles of here. How can they learn about Am Yoga? Like, what's up with that? I'm going to put some links in the show notes so people can like click the old website. But tell us about how we can find you. Where are you at? Well, you can find us at our website. It's www.amyoga111.com. You can also find us on Instagram. It's amyoga111. And then Facebook is just Am Yoga. Cool. So you're on all the internet sites and uh, sounds like social media. Yep. And yeah, so then people can, what, just go on there and they can find a class? Yep. So our whole schedule is on our website. Um, and all the information's there. You can also call us or email us. Our email is hello at amyoga111.com. So people have questions, they can email yep. you as well. Yes. Okay, awesome. And I actually found a weird thing last night when I was trying to sign up. It took me to my Mind Body app, which I forgot I had because of COVID. I hadn't been going to any <laughs> classes, uh, exercise classes. And it opened up and it was like, you can register right now yeah. on this Mind Body app. So that's another thing I just found out uh, last night by accident. That's really easy to do. Yeah. If you have the Mind Body app, you can just search us on there and sign up really easy. Awesome. Or you can also just show up. <laughs> or just fine. show up yep. at the at the building, which the address is on the uh, website. So we'll we, people can check that out. And then I guess you just have to sign something, and then you can just jump in the class. That's right. 
All right. Well, it's been my pleasure having all three of you awesome people on the podcast. And I'm very excited for people to hear this in Grand Rapids and beyond. Um, And I hope that uh, you like this episode. And there you have it. This has been another episode of the Intentional Clinician Podcast. If you are a therapist and are looking to become EMDR trained, I would recommend EMDR Training Solutions. They are an amazing group of people that provide trainings online and eventually in person to help you become EMDR trained and eventually EMDRIA certified. You can use the code INTENTIONAL, that's the word INTENTIONAL, to get $100 off if you purchase a training, especially if it's your first training. A little bit about what I've been up to, I am almost a full EMDRIA consultant and I can provide consultation hours and have a group going every Wednesday. So let me know if you would like to be a part of that consultation group. Also, I have a course online called What Do We Do Now? for the parents of young adults, which you can find on Udemy. There will be a link in the show notes. If you are in need of counseling, do not hesitate to make an appointment with a local counselor in your area. You can also make an appointment with the excellent clinicians in the Grand Rapids area at Health for Life Counseling Grand Rapids and the Trauma-Informed Counseling Center of Grand Rapids by visiting www.healthforlifegr.com. The recording you just listened to consists of the personal opinions of Paul Krauss and his guests, and while these are based upon literature they have read, their experience in their respective fields, and personal experiences, these viewpoints should not be viewed as a definitive opinion on any subject. Listening to this podcast is not a substitute for treatment. If you are in crisis, please dial 911 or the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Are you a young person of color, feeling down, stressed out, or overwhelmed? Text Steve, that's S-T-E-V-E, to 741741, and a live, trained crisis counselor will respond. Did you know you could support your local bookstore by shopping at bookshop.org? You can order online from the comfort of your own home while supporting a local bookstore near you that is brick and mortar. If you are not a member of a mental health Counselors Association, I highly recommend that you join, such as the Michigan Mental Health Counselors Association, which you can find on the internet, or any other state which you live in. There are a lot of things that go into keeping counseling available to the public. So, I really encourage you to get involved in your local organization. Until next time, I'm wishing everyone a safe and peaceful week.
Jai Hanuman, Jai Abhijit Rangabali. 